1: beloved welcome to another chapter of the book of sean it's good to see you thank you for tuning in i'm excited about tonight my dear brother brandon is here he's got a story you're gonna love him you're gonna love his story his journey as he works through the jibes and the jibs and the ups and the downs of trying to be great at something huh trying to be great at something ain't no straight line it goes up and down and twists around the mountain goes down in the valley and it's even harder when you're fighting against yourself what do you do when you're trying to produce great art, and something about you keeps getting in the way, and it may not be the thing that you think is the problem, <laughs> this is why being Brandon the to talker tonight, we're gonna to have a great time. I'm going to help him, inspire him, I'm going to love on him, I'm going to make him feel amazing because he deserves that. And hopefully, by the time we're done, he'll feel like doing what he was born to do immediately right after the show. Well, we'll see if that happens. Okay, I got some ask Dr. Sean for you. We're going to start with some headlines. I'm glad you tuned in. Get comfortable, people. Get you, get you some tea or whatever your favorite beverage is. And let's get this party started. Highly play the bumper. So, people, I found this guy this weekend. And um, have you ever heard of Kunle Adianju? Kunle Adianju, you ever heard of him? That's him right there. Let me tell you why you should care about Kunle, okay? So, Kunle has climbed Mount Kilimanjaro twice. And when that was not enough, he decided to motorcycle from London all the way down to Lagos, Nigeria. What? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe you didn't hear that, so let's try it again. The man climbed Mount Kilimanjaro twice. Not once, but twice. Let me just say that one time would have been enough for me. Okay, let me be honest. Brandon, you tell me if you agree with this, I'm not climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. I'm not even going. He climbed it twice, and then when he was not, you know, satisfied with that accomplishment, he decided I'll motorcycle all the way from the top of Europe, because London is in England and England is in Europe and the top of Europe, all the way down to Lagos, which is in Nigeria, which is in West Africa. Let me tell y'all something right now. I would have stopped in Paris and got me a hotel and some room service and got my feet done, <laughs> but Kun Lee, you know, I'm a, who does this, who does this, and he was doing it because he was raising money to fight against the dreaded disease of polio, okay, so not only is this man courageous and determined, he apparently has a conscience, he apparently cares about, he apparently cares about people, Kun Lee, here's what I want to know, why don't we know why doesn't the world know more about this man who climbed Kilimanj- Mount Kilimanjaro twice and rode a motorcycle from London to Lagos to raise money for people who are fighting polio? See, this is what the world should be talking about. You know what I'm saying? Not your favorite rapper going to jail all the time. <laughs> you know, not your favorite reality TV star getting drinks thrown in their face. We need to talk about people who are doing great and amazing things. And Li shows us what can happen when you put your mind to something and you dedicate yourself to it entirely. When you are entirely given and committed to these things, you can accomplish those kinds of things. I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I need to see, I need to see Lee in the world. You know why? Because I need to know that human beings are still capable of extraordinary acts of greatness. I need this. I need this from my own spirit. You speak for yourself if you don't need it. But I need it. I need it. And I just I just wonder what could you accomplish if you gave it everything that you had? How much further would you be in life and whatever you're trying to do if you would just give it everything that you had and would not hold nothing back? What if the next thing you attempt to do, you go all in? I mean, all in. I mean, you give it all your attention, all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. What could happen if you, I, I bet you, if you did that, you too could climb Mount Kilimanjaro twice. and Ride a motorcycle from London to Lagos. Or love your children or raise your family. Or in the case of my guest tonight, write great books. Like my spiritual mother, Toni Morrison. Because human beings, when we dedicate ourselves to something, we are in incredibly powerful And what would you say if i told you that the only thing standing between you and what you really want to do is you all right let's do another one because i i need i listen this headline is important uh because there's a lot going on in america that is totally out of order and it's deadly and it's only getting worse We've heard of what happened in Uvalde, Texas, what happened in Buffalo, and did you know over the course of, there were 10 mass shootings in America this weekend. 10. mass Last weekend was 12, I think. Just this weekend alone, 10 mass shootings in America. And while that was going on, check this out. Um, You would think that politicians, Republicans and Democrats, would be a little more sensitive to the state of the country, right? Considering what I just said about Uvalde, Texas, Buffalo, and 10 mass students. Oh, no, 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 no. Republican Congressman Greg Stubbe took his time during a House Judiciary Committee hearing um, to display an array of guns. He literally, th- this, is, this is during a hearing, in the middle of everything that's going on, he displayed his array of guns, his personal array of guns, I, may, I might add, to show which guns would be banned. If the protection of our kids act were passed. So right after 19 children, 19 children are murdered in Uvalde, Texas, 10 African-Americans slaughtered in a supermarket in Buffalo, 10 people, 10 mass shootings going on in America this weekend. He decided doesn't matter to me. I want America to know what kind of guns they're going to lose if this law passes. And he and he on national on, on, on national television, because that's what hearings can become. They, they, they get, you know, people put them on the news, displayed his guns like, you know, like, it, like, like, like we're not living in a time when mass shootings are a problem. Let me ask you a question. You ready for this? You ready for this? Here it is. If your children were being shot in a school by some crazy gunmen, would you care about the kind of gun that he had while he was shooting them? Or would you be wishing that your country had banned all the guns available to him and not just the one he happened to be using? Isn't that the point of the legislation? (laughs) Don't get mad at me because I got common sense people. That's why God gave it to me. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I, I don't mind people having some sick fascination with guns. I don't have it, but I don't mind. Because in America, you can have some sick fascination with guns. That's your right to do it. But what I do mind is the insensitivity by which this congressman decided to do it. He doesn't care about the climate. He doesn't care about the emotions of the people. He, he basically said that he does not care about the grief of the families in Buffalo and the families in Uvalde, Texas, and the family that just lost people this weekend. Just by waving guns around as if, as if we're not living in a climate of violence and death and the slaughtering of children says that you don't care about the grief of people who are grieving the loss of their children. And here's what I know for sure. Here's what I know for sure. Your inability to care about my children tells me that you really have no sufficient ability to care about your own. And maybe that's what's wrong in America. Huh? Huh? We don't care about the death of other people's children because we don't fight for the lives of, of our own children. I don't know what got into this Republican congressman. It really doesn't matter that he's Republican. A Democrat could have been done with this, too. But be sensitive to other people's grief, people. People are crying and have lost people. And maybe you ought to care about that. Huh? <laughs> Let's move on. I love this story, Brandon, I got, I well, Brandon, Brandon can't talk to me, talk, he can't talk back to me right now, but he can hear me, I, this story is going to make you smile, it's going to make him smile, Brandon smile, because I love a story like this, are you ready for this, check this out, the Iranian actress, Zar Amir Ibrahimi, won Best Actress at the Cannes uh, Film Festival, and so we celebrate uh, Zar's uh, accomplishment, but check this out, what made this story especially interesting was the fact that Zara had to flee her country. She had to flee Iran back in 2006 because the video of a movie that she did leaked. And apparently it, it really agitated and angered the Iranian government and the people who are religious police in her country. And so and so in 2006, because a, 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 one of her movies leaked in her country, she had to flee the country because her life was in jeopardy. She could have been killed for art it's a movie she, she she her life was threatened because she dared to give the world art okay so check this out stay with me stay with me people so in 2006 a movie got her in trouble but in 2022 a movie established her greatness i'm gonna wait for you to shout because you're missing your shout right now come on come on get with me In 2006, a movie got her in trouble, got her put out of her country. But in 2022, a movie established her greatness and made her name great. Isn't it funny how in one stage of your life, everything can be going wrong? And then in another stage of your life, everything can be going great. And it's all your life. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's still your life. 2006. And 2022 is all your life. It, 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 it just goes to show you that these two diametrically events happened to the same woman. Put out the country in 2006 for a movie and celebrated around the world for a movie. And, and, and I, here's, here's what I want to say to you about this. Are you ready? When it is all said and done, rejection and celebration can happen to the same person, in, in, but in different stages of your life. 2006 is not 2022 let's say it again so it can get into your soul 2006 is not 2022 what happened a month ago or a day ago or a year ago or a decade ago that's not what's happening today and i want to invite you right now to remember that what happened to you in one stage of your life is not happening you right now and you owe yourself the benefit and the freedom to understand that distinction. That while one thing can hurt you in one moment of your existence, the same thing can bless you if you get it at the right time and under the right conditions. You know, beloved. What you need to understand is that you are no longer in the stage that you were in. When the people who hurt you the most, that's not who you are anymore. You are not that scared, insecure little girl or little boy cowering in the corner, crying in the dark praying that somebody won't break you. That's what you used to be. That's where you come from, but that's not who you are. And while I understand and acknowledge with you that that is exactly what happened to you, that is your history, but it does not have to be your story. <laughs> Cause maybe you forgot. Czar got kicked out of a country in 2006 for a movie, but very recently in 2022 she won Best Actress at the Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> all right, here's my last headline. And this, this, this one is for your soul, people. All right? We, we found this one for your soul because I just felt like with all the killing going on in the world, we, we need something to pick us up. So check this out. All right. Last week, uh, Brody Ryder, who was 12 years old and in the seventh grade, uh, came home at the end of the school year. That's him right there. Cute kid, by the way. Um, with, with only a few signatures in his yearbook. He only had a few signatures in his yearbook. And other than himself, only two students and uh, I think two teachers signed the book. And in fact, Brody wrote in his yearbook to himself, apparently, hope you make some more friends. And you know how that goes when you were in high school. You go around with your yearbook and your friends sign the yearbook and you say little things to each other. Right, 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 right. Okay. All right. So Brody came home. We're showing that too soon, John. You're killing me right now. <laughs> so so Brody, Brody came home with 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 the two signatures in his book okay came home with the two signatures in his book and his mother therefore decided that you know i gotta help my son so 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 cassandra Ryder went on a private uh facebook page that the parents at the high school have together and and shared what happened to her son and she was hoping that people would have sympathy for her child and an amazing thing happened that was greater than sympathy are you ready for this are you ready for this? What she could not have expected is that older students in the school found out what happened to Brody and they rallied to make sure that he had hundreds of signatures. In fact, when Brody was in his classroom, there you go, John, when Brody was in his classroom, all of these students and more people than in that photo right now, lined up down the hall and around the corner to sign his yearbook. You hear me? So his. Seventh grade classmates wouldn't wouldn't sign his yearbook because they didn't like him. But the older kids in the school said, Brody's our guy. And they formed a line to sign his yearbook. And not just sign his yearbook, many of them wanted to get to know Brody because, as the story reports, many of them used to be Brody. When they got to the school and were going through the seventh grade, nobody wanted to be their friend or sign their yearbook either. And that's where I want to leave you before I take this break. Don't you ever forget where you come from. Don't you ever forget the battles you've already won and the mountains you've already climbed and the valleys you survived, doing your desperate dance in the dark, hoping someone would love you. Because it's not just important that you remember the experience, it's important that you remember it so that when you see other people going through it, you know how to stand with them. Whenever you see people suffering from the thing that you just got delivered from, that ain't a time to judge or act like you ain't never been there. That's a time for you to rush to their side and say, you know what, I understand what you're going through I tell the story all the time I'm gonna tell it tonight a man fell in the pit A lawyer walked by the pit and said to the man I'll give you a, I'll give you a free legal advice when you get out man in the pit said thank you I'll come see you when I get out doctor walked by the pit and said hey when you get out the pit I'll give you some free medical attention the man in the pit said hey I'll come see you when I get out the man's friend walks by the pit and said, hey friend what are you doing in the pit he said I don't know I fell in the pit and the man's friend jumped down in the pit with the, with, with the man. And the, one, and, the, and the man who was already in the pit looked at his friend and said, what did you do that for? Now we're both in the pit. And the man who jumped in the pit said to his friend, yes, we are. But I've been in this pit before. And I know how to get out. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. More with Brandon in the journey to greatness right after this. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Listen, 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 listen. What do you do? When you are trying to produce something, to achieve something, to give the world something, and parts of your story, parts of who you are, fear. Just to name one thing, it keeps getting in the way. Procrastination, right? If you've ever procrastinated, just raise your hand and wave it around. (laughs) You You see me? Good Lord, we've all done it. My guest tonight, Brandon, knows that journey, and I'm hoping tonight that he will tell us this incredible story. Welcome to the show tonight, Brandon.
0: Thank you for having me, Dr. Sean.
1: It, I, listen, my pleasure. I love your hair, by the way, just so you know.
0: Thank you. It's something I decided to do late last year for the
1: first time. <laughs> I love that. I, lo- I love being courageous. So listen, you um, are a writer. You want to be a writer. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say you are a writer. I'm going to speak those things that be not even if, uh, even, as though they were, Um you, 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 you are a writer and, and here's my question. Out of all the things you could have done in the world, why did you want to write? Why did you choose that? What's the why? Well,
0: I've always loved to tell stories and love to create and, uh, entertain people. Uh, my earliest memory of just being that through and through is of my twin. I'm a twin hmm. and uh, my twin brother actually broke his wrist and he was in the hospital getting a cast and they actually had to re-break his wrist because it had started to heal already. So he was kind of scared. And I just remember um, telling this really elaborate story <laughs> to just kind of take his mind off of where he was and what was about to happen. Mm. Um, and just to kind of raise his spirits, you know, and, just make him kind of forget
1: about what he was about to go through. <laughs> well, well, let me, let me, let me, let, let me edit that and, and just and just give you the wisdom that you that you don't even know you gave to the world. And I, I asked you why you wanted to be a writer. Uh, you told me this amazing story about your twin brother, and what I get from that is love. <laughs> it, it, it was out of love for your brother that drove you into story, that drove you into narrative. You used the story to make someone else feel better did I get that right
0: yes you did <laughs> that was uh that was the whole point and you know it was just me my twin brother and my mother and I was essentially putting on a show for both of them in the middle of this hospital yeah I don't know it seemed like it was an operating room there were so many different apparatuses and
1: things in there
0: to scare a little child
1: yeah you know yeah Yeah. but you know what's what's interesting because i want i want to i want to make sure that we get all this in um so you wanted to be a writer and when you told people that you wanted to be a writer how many people told you don't quit your day job
0: well um i said that from a from a very young age so i didn't have a job at the time (laughs) but um My mom, she's a teacher herself. So when I said I told her I wanted to be a writer, she kind of naturally assumed, oh, you know, maybe he'll be a novelist. Maybe he'll be a speech writer. Um, She always told me to to be a a public speaker as well. Um, But I was like, no, I think around, I think it was maybe 12 years old, I decided that I wanted to write film. Mm. So, and I wanted to tell stories visually. And, and And be that side of it as a as a writer, so um my mom definitely was one. <laughs> she told me that it's very hard. you know, mm. when I finally decided to make the, the the leap to move to California and pursue my dreams in l a, she did tell me, you know multiple times actually how hard it is and how many people go out there and don't make it,
1: yeah, so yeah, um, yeah so 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 let, let's 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 put this rubber all the way on the road because what what i what what we need to get to is this you are I, if i got the story correct and we usually get these correct around here you are having a hard time manifesting commitment work ethic uh production productivity as a writer so you, so you may have the soul or the spirit of one but you don't have the productivity of the, of, of, at the level that you need to have. So here's my question as, 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 I come to it directly, assess yourself. Why do you think you're having such a hard time being what you want to be?
0: Um, probably judgment. Hmm. Um, because as, as it stands today, I'm getting more and more comfortable with letting people read my work. And of course, you know, people have to read it for you to, for it to go anywhere. Um, But judgment, fear, fear of judgment, I guess. Um, That's probably the the biggest thing that I've had to try to get over. Mm
1: -hmm. So tell me what that has done to your commitment or your capacity to commit.
0: You know, it just um, it just puts me to a halt like I could get so far as to schedule a time when I say, oh, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write. And I can even physically get myself in front of the computer and open up the program and everything. But then I uh, find myself either getting distracted, you know, I'll watch TV, get on the Internet or.
1: Brandon, Brandon, hold, 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 hold on one second, okay. Because when I asked you about commitment, your body language changed. When I asked you about commitment, you you took a deep breath and you looked away. And that and that and that that for me, that is always a sign that it has triggered something deeper than the question that I asked. Okay, um, so tell me what what was what was about to come up that you pushed back down. <laughs> Come on, you're thinking too much. Answer the question. Don't, don't think. Answer. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's just You know how we are. We don't we we don't discuss things. Yes. So yes. Um, I'm trying to get more comfortable with that because I I, th- I have called myself trying to self. Therapize, if that's even a word, <laughs> give myself self therapy and and um, make strides on my own. And I, I do understand that there's still a way for me to go.
1: So when I mentioned the word commitment, something wanted to come up, but you pushed it back down. What was it? Let it up.
0: I'm just I guess scared to be committed. Scared and. Actually, my acting coach told me something that made sense to me one time. He said, "Some people are scared of success," mm. and I think that's probably me as well because with success comes focus. Mm. You know, the focus is on you
1: and mm. exposure, vulnerability, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. So, are and- you are you are you also experiencing a challenging commitment outside of writing, like in relationships? yeah <laughs> okay talk to me uh, yeah. Br- brandon brandon you're in safe good hands okay you're in loving hands so 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 this this dance that we're doing is a dance of respect and love so you j- just g- tell me how this has spilled over into your relationships
0: so as far as um you know romantic relationships mm-hmm. uh, I guess I f- find it hard to. Commit and with that commit comes. Um, so like I've my I've had a journey with my own sexuality. even. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's something as well. And um, what was that
1: journey like? was it? Was it? Was it healthy? Was it dysfunctional? Was it was it um, was it was it um, uh, traumatic, joyful?
0: I would say all of those things mm-hmm. at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, of course, probably traumatic. What what
1: what was it most of the time, though?
0: Probably traumatic, uh, mm-hmm. fearful, mm-hmm. Um, because I was, you know, scared of judgment. Scared. Of, my biggest thing is I don't want to lose my friends and my family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I kind of saw that start to happen for my twin, because my twin brother is gay as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh but he he's he handled it a little bit differently than me, and
1: what was he, the difference between how he handled it and how you handled it?
0: He seemed to accept it more and and charge forward with it more mm. and be more upfront and out with it and he had more confidence mm. um
1: whereas you and, did what.
0: I try to hide it. I try to be what I thought, you know, society and family expects of you and thinks you should be. Um, I try to be what I thought
1: would make me acceptable. Mm. No, listen, listen, listen. You, you, are, you are not the only one. I mean, everybody watching right now, myself included, uh, uh, two, three in the studio with me, we've all had an area of our lives where we, where we essentially did the same thing. We essentially did the same thing. They're, part, they're, they're always part, always parts of us that we're not quite sure if the world will accept. But here's my question, though: Do you see the correlation between your journey with your sexuality and your challenge with your art?
0: Yes, because my sexuality is in my art. Um, I think that uh, with film and TV there was a time where, you know, projects that had uh, gay characters did not get as much attention mm. or success. And even so much as the actors that portrayed those characters didn't have as much of an illustrious career as actors who didn't play those characters. So um, in my in my art as a writer, you know, I write what I know. So I have gay characters and actually lead gay characters in my projects. And so that's part of why um, I guess I was fearful to show people, let people read it and um, put it out there because I didn't want to be judged for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, listen, I I have to take a break. You know, this is television, Um, but I see an immediate correlation between being repressed and feeling negatively about oneself and how that would show up in your art. How can you give the, I say this all the time, and I'm going to take this break. You can't give the world something you don't love and then expect the world to pay you for it. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can't give the world something you're not at home with and then expect the world to celebrate you for it. You follow what I'm saying? We're going to take this break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Brandon, what did he hear about himself and his sexuality most often as a kid? Because I think that has a huge part to play and why procrastination and commitment issues are manifesting now. You don't want to miss this because I know the answers are going to be powerful and so will the advice. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking to my brother Brandon about his journey as a writer, as a human being, as one of God's favorite creatures. <laughs> God loves you, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So listen, listen. So um, I want to come back to the question I, I, I promised to ask you before we took our break. Because I think the key to this moment we're having together is hidden in the answer to this question. What did you hear most often as a kid about who you were as, as, in terms of your sexual identity? And maybe beyond that, what did you hear most of the time as it relates to that?
0: What did i hear uh well some pretty derogatory terms that i don't think i should probably say
1: thankfully yes don't
0: um i i heard that a lot and you know they correlated you know the sexuality with being you know feminine or like a girl um which that's not true uh but yeah, words that I can't really
1: say. Got it. Got it. Got it. And 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 so most of the time um you felt what about yourself? You
0: know, that something was wrong with me um that uh that basically I would be alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, stop, because you're doing it again, because because you just felt something, when when you, when you said that word alone, you felt something. What did you feel? Um,
0: just uh, when I had a a dark time, I got I got depressed about it, because I actually took my sexuality kind of seriously as far as how I was going to handle it, because you know in the church they say you know it's wrong um but there was something that I always said to myself like you know there are these commandments that says one of them you shouldn't lie and Mm. if I'm not gonna lie I shouldn't lie to myself either that's still a lie Mm. so I can't be what everybody says and what the Bible says but it's also wrong for me to be, you know, kind of what I want. So what? what's the result? And I had came up with the conclusion that I would have to be alone to mm. not tell a lie to anybody, including myself, but to also not physically do anything wrong mm. in the eyes of religion.
1: You know? mm.
0: yeah. So, um it just made me realize, you know, what the correlations between me probably not being able to commit in relationships.
1: Um, kinda- but, but Brandon, it's actually a little deeper than that because I'm experiencing you as someone who on some level has internalized the oppression. You, you, you've internalized the oppression that you've been made to suffer and deal with. And now it's manifesting in your art in your inability to commit to your art in your in- inability to produce it. Because when we take it in and we take it in and we and we dissimulate and we have to twist ourselves in shapes and sizes to make the world like us and not reject us. And when we have to just keep receiving the negative connotations and the negative implications and the direct negativity, it affects us. And I'm saying to you that you that that uh, that, that on some level. There's nothing wrong with you. What's wrong is what you had to go through to get here. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, and so what I'm suggesting is, is that in order for you to produce the kind of art and to have the kind of commitment that you want, you've got to start telling yourself a different story about yourself and a different story about the person that sits before me. Let me help you, you ready? Yes. OK, good. Let me help you, because you could tell the story that the people in my life, people around me said certain things, made me feel a certain way. It was negative. I had to deal with religion. I know something about that, by the way. I had to deal with religion in Leviticus nine and Romans chapter one and all and all, and all of the sin. And I'm going to hell and da, da da you could tell that story. And in that story, you are a victim of what the world should have never done to you because you didn't deserve it. But there's another story that you can tell. And and here's that story. In spite of what was said about me, in spite of what I overheard, in spite of what people whispered when I was standing in the room, in spite of what the preacher said, in spite of what Leviticus says, and in spite of what Romans nine happens to say, I am who I am by the grace of God. And I stand in me and affirm my strength because had I been a weaker man, I'd have taken my life six years ago. Had I been a weaker human being, I'd have given up on my journey 14 years ago. But the reason I didn't give up is because I am strong in places that I didn't even know I had strength. See, that's the story you got to switch to. You got to realize that the persecution was an was, was, was indication of the strength that you didn't even know that you had.
0: Thank you. I didn't even think about it like that.
1: My, my, my hope and my prayer for you right now is that you get liberated from the bondage of believing what they said. Just because they said it, it doesn't mean that you had to believe it. And you, and you, and you, and I'm I'm going to really suggest that you do some long term work on this. You have to really deprogram yourself from believing and accepting whatever it is that you heard. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you deserve to be seen. You deserve to be heard. You deserve to have focus and attention. You deserve to be standing on bright stages under hot lights with with millions of people looking at you. And you deserve not to feel afraid about that. You deserve not to be intimidated about that. You deserve not to have a fear of success or failure. Because that little nine-year-old boy in you that survived everything that he heard, he deserves a chance to benefit from what he survived. Brandon, don't make me throw my shoe because I'm ready, I'm telling you. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm re- I came ready to die. You hear what I'm saying to you? So so when I say all that to you, how, how are you feeling? Don't Don't give me a story because I let you get away with this twice. Give me a feeling.
0: I'm feeling... I have work to do, <laughs> I'm feeling um, just being here really is another step. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling relieved because mm-hmm. I've started that journey. Yes. So uh, I think that's a hump to get over starting, you know, just like going to the gym
1: Yeah. 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 Listen, I got to go, but, but here's what I want to say. This is the last thing I'm gonna say to you. I want you to one day have the privilege of moving from acceptance to pride. And, and you are on the journey from accepting who you are to being proud about who you are. And I know that you are going to be okay on this journey. And I promise you that the closer you get to pride And the more proud you are of who you are, the more your art will be liberated. Don't focus on the art or the writing. That's not where the problem or the power is. The problem and the power is in your evolving identity and how much you celebrate it. So if you ever get confused, Brandon, remember that you are more than a conqueror and not a victim. Thank you. I will
0: definitely
1: remember that. All right, man, listen, thank you, for, thank, thank you for being on tonight. I so look forward to reading your, your scripts and your screenplays and your books, Brady. We're going to take a break when we come back. Uh, something special. Right after that, some Ask Dr. Sean. We're right back, people. <laughs> look, beloved, life is full of twists and turns, stress, changes, grief, moments of growth, and moments where we feel like we are taking a few steps back. And it's important to show up for yourself through all of the struggles that life can bring. BetterHelp, that's better H-E-L-P online therapy, is here for the twist and turns, and it will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. I believe that therapy is one of the most important things we can do. I, I, I've been to it. I believe in it. I celebrate it. And without it, I don't think there's some twists and turns we can make, some progress we'll never achieve. See, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not a self-help situation. It's a professional therapy done securely online, and the service is available for clients worldwide. And you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule a weekly video or phone session so you won't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like traditional therapy. BetterHelp, that's BetterHelp, is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change a therapist if needed. It's more affordable, affordable rather than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. So look, people, BetterHelp, BetterHelp is a great way to show up for yourself and invest in your well-being because you deserve some inner peace. Visit the website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit, visit betterhelp.com Better, slash book of Sean. That's BetterHelp, help and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of a professional who's experienced. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists. In all 50 states, And I have a special offer just for my viewers who are going to get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash BookerSean. Welcome back, everybody. I love doing Ask Dr. Sean. So guess what I get to do now? Play the bumper, highly. (laughs) So you guys always send me great videos. Let's take a look at one right now.
0: Hi, Dr. Sean, my name is Tammy Reese. I'm located in upstate New York. I'm in the public relations and media industry. I'm also a business owner. My question for you is how does one work with and handle new business relationships and partners after previously experiencing emotional trauma?
1: Yes, well, I I think uh, your question relates to non-business relationships, just relationships in general, but I will answer it in the context by which and in which you hope to have an answer in that is specifically relating to business. But I just, I just want to say it relates. The answer I'm going to give you relates to any relationship. Here it is. Um, in order for you to be successful in a relationship after you've come out of come out of one that had traumatic consequences is you have to be willing on some level to take the wisdom and leave the trauma. That is that is that is you chew, you, you swallow the meat and spit out the bone. What's the meat? You say, Dr. Sean, how can I get a bad relationship have anything good? A bad relationship can have a lot of good in the sense that it teaches you what to look for. It teaches you what the experience is that you should be keenly aware of. And so you should take that with you. Don't leave the wisdom. Take the wisdom with you because that's part of why you went through it. Part, a Part of why we go through negative relationships is that so that we learn who we are in the moments of conflict and tension, but also so that we can learn what to look for in people. So that we can adjudicate better who to allow in our lives. But to move on successfully, you can't take the whole thing with you. There are parts of it you've got to leave where it hurts you. And to say one of the most important things we could possibly say to each other is this. That person hurt me. That person did, did me wrong. But everybody's not like that. Give people an opportunity to show you who they are and to prove themselves to you in spite of what one person or a few people have done. To condemn and judge the world based upon the actions of a few, it robs you of the relationships of support and the benefits that you deserve. So you take the wisdom and you know what to look for and you understand when you see this or don't see that. And somebody lies about, somebody, something about the contract ain't right. Something You oh, Okay, I know what's going on here. You take that wisdom with you. But you leave some of the trauma and you're able to say, look, I'm, I'm not going to judge you by what so-and-so did to me. I'm going to give you an opportunity to show me who you are, but you better believe that once you show me, I promise you, I'm going to believe everything that I see. And this is a part of what makes all relationships difficult because how in the world can we go from hurt to happiness? You see, and that's, that's the trick that we have to learn. How do you go from hurt to happy? And some people will never be able to do it because they're never, they're never able to get over the hurt, but you have to. You cannot hold yourself hostage because of what one person or a few people did to you. Liberate yourself just long enough to give yourself a chance to have something better than what was done to you. And the only way to do that is for you to decide that you won't make the rest of the world pay for what one person did. It's easy to condemn people eternally, writ large, right? Universally. Just to say all men are this and all women are that and all business partners are this and all contracts are this. It's easy to do that. And there is a temptation to do it. And a lot of people, that's where they get stuck. They universalize the experience. And now and now they've created in their minds a story that is probably going to take them a few years to overcome. And while they're overcoming the story, they are not choosing the right people. Right. And they're missing out on better people because they're addicted to a story that may not be true. So the way you move on with your business after you've gone through a very negative situation is you allow yourself the benefit of getting all the lessons and having all the wisdom and now, see now you know what to look for. Now you know exactly what you should and should not do. So let that experience bless you, but don't let what they did to you curse you for the rest of your life. Because I promise you the business you really wanna have and the success that you deserve I promise you, you won't be able to get there by yourself. We all need somebody. And if you start locking people out because of what somebody else did, you will, you will undermine your own blessing. So bless yourself and be wise. Huh? But be open-hearted. Because wisdom with an open heart is always a recipe for greatness. All right, somebody DM me this question. Um, while having a conversation with my wife of two years, She admitted to cheating on me before we got married. I'm considering ending our marriage because of her cheating past and because I no longer trust her. Is it wrong of me to want a divorce? Interesting question. Um, So my answer to this may not make you happy. Because I just don't believe in punishing people for telling us the truth. Now, I, 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 I think that I, it's because the moment you start punishing people for telling you the truth in a situation where you asked for it, then you empower them to lie to you going forward, okay? My question would be, in order for me to answer this question appropriately, has there been any cheating after you got married, right? So, and, and my other question would be, what was the status or the, or the climate of the relationship at the moment she cheated, Right? Were you guys hot and heavy and, and in love and then she went and did this? Or were you guys on a, on a break having great difficulty and in some desperation to find emotional comfort? She went out and did something outside the confines of the relationship. See, there's a lot that I don't know. There's a lot that I don't know. And, 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 and I just believe that if your wife has not cheated on you since you've been married and she's been faithful to her vows, And i just believe here's the part you're not going to like that you might need to work your way to forgiveness that you might need to work your way to forgiveness and i know that's not easy because it would be much simpler for me to say oh she cheated on you and she lied about it and didn't tell you and she's going to wait x many years to tell you that this happened you need to leave her you need to walk away from her but i'm not so sure that that's that, that that's the right course of action and i'll tell you why i'm not sure that it's the right course of action because you might be dealing with someone who made a genuine mistake. Somebody sent a question in last week. Is it true that when men cheat, they always cheat? And I said said to that question, what I'm gonna say about your, your wife, it depends on the man. Just like in this case, it depends on the woman. You know this woman. What has it been like since you've been married? Okay? Since you've been married. Because remember now, if you just wanna go there, Remember that before you get married, there are no vows. Didn't see that coming, did you? Before you get married, there are no, no to death do us part. You're the only one. You didn't stand before God with a ring, you know what I'm saying? Before you got married, I'm not saying it's okay to cheat on your boyfriend or your girlfriend. I'm just, I'm just making you understand that marriage is a significant demarcation in the life of a relationship. What has she done since you've been married? So she stood at that altar and told you that you, going forward, you would be the only one. If she's been faithful to that, then you ought to give her some credit for that. And quite frankly, I mean, you, know, you may not be able to hear this right now. You might want to give her some credit for being honest about something she could have hid from, from you for the rest of your life. She trusted you enough to tell you, now you know, and now you want a divorce for something that you did before you were married. Sounds like you're hurt. Sounds like she disappointed you. Sounds like she broke your heart. Sounds like you are very much shocked by the information that you received. Why don't you sit in that for a while? Before you start making decisions? Why don't you acknowledge how you feel and work your way through how you feel and around how you feel and out of how you feel before you start making decisions? Don't rush from hurt to decision making. That's a recipe for disaster every single time. Your wife has hurt you. She may have even broken you and disappointed you rather. But that doesn't mean that you two can't have a future. And it doesn't mean you can't have a future because whatever she did, she did it in your past. She's not doing it now. And just because you found out something about her past doesn't give you permission to punish her now. I wish you well. I really do. It's a tough situation to be in, but it'll be even tougher if you rush to make it about what you were your response to her. Yeah. You are hurt and you need to deal with that. I love I love talking to you guys. I thank you for the videos that you sent in. I want to thank Brandon I want to thank all of you that sent me Ask Dr. Sean. I mean, what what an amazing show tonight. Life is difficult. It's never easy. But I promise you, if you keep going, you'll eventually discover that better is on the way. Better is on the way. You hear me? Things are going to get better. I wish Brandon well. I wish you well. I hope you have a great rest of the night. Y'all be good to each other, okay? Because, you know, the world is a harsh place. But love will always win. I love you.